fool? You can turn up the lights too, guys, if you like. Or are you thankless? Are you full of thanks? Or is there just not quite enough to go around? Is there less thanks than there ought to be? Before we go any further, i got to make an announcement. If you uh, bought an Operation Worship Bible that we were sending to our troops, we need you to turn those in ASAP, like yesterday. Um, we got 32 of them that are still out, and we need to make sure they get to the, the servicemen by, the, by, by Christmas. So if you can get them back to us quickly, that would be great. I want to read you a quote. This week, we, we, went, through, we went through this, we saw, we've seen two videos this morning already. Talking about what Thanksgiving is. Did you appreciate the spiritual heritage of our nation as it was portrayed on the screen to open the service? Presidents from every walk of life recognized the necessity to give God thanks and publicly proclaim that. I think we've got to hold true to that and we've got to hang on to that heritage. You know, I, I noticed that, that, that one of the things on the screen as it came across, it said it was an act of gratitude. Did you catch that? An act. Thanksgiving is an act of gratitude. We, we, we saw some everyday people in the next video kind of describing what Thanksgiving was to them or wasn't to them, as the case may be. And, uh, you know, to kind of to, 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 to bounce off of that, I want to, Thursday, I don't know what it is, our homeschool group must have problems picking days or something to do outdoor activities. We've had two field trips this year. Both of them have been outside. And both of them have occurred literally on the coldest day to that point of the year. And I don't know what that, that's all. We went to the Columbus Zoo one day. This past week we went, on Thursday of all days, we went to the Adena Mansion. The gardens weren't much to look at this time of year, I must say. <laughs> we had a really good time. And I haven't been up there in, in many years. And they've got like this whole, whole new welcome center-like museum thing. I don't know if you've been up there, but it's, it's, an, it's, it's a very nice facility. And uh, as we were walking around in there, I found this quote Listen to these words. Few that have ever lived have greater cause to be grateful than I. I feel that my soul is truly grateful and thankful to God for all mercies. Yet I still feel more thankful that this world has few, if any, charms for me. It is not my home. Its follies and vanities are perceptible at the same time that I have all of its enjoyments. That was a quote from a governor of the state of Ohio, a two-time senator, and the father of Ohio statehood, Thomas Worthington. He says, I have greater cause, fewer people have greater cause to be great, more grateful than I. He says, my heart is truly grateful and thankful to God for all mercies. He says, this world is not my home. Ha ha. This guy helped bring Ohio into the Union. Does that make you excited? We have a heritage like that? As I recall, I don't know what this has to do with Thanksgiving, the motto of the state of Ohio is still, with God, all things are possible. Is that right? Mm. You know what I'm also excited about? He said that. Check this out. He said those words on October the 28th, 1815. 100 and, or 100 and, what is that, 
93 years ago, this coming Friday, he said those words. I'm amazed. I walked into the service this morning. I talked to Patrick yesterday a little about how service was going to go. And he said, we're going to do a scripture reading in the middle of one of the songs. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, it'd be fine. Lo and behold, it is the exact text I'm going to preach from. And I had no idea. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, if you would. You got a Bible, turn there. I don't know if you've noticed. I'm going to turn this, this, this over here. I feel like I'm kind of inside of a something. You look at the, the tables here. One's full, one has less. One's got many chairs around it, one has less. One's got every kind of table service there. One's got less. One's got a nice centerpiece. One has got less. I want you to think about the condition of your heart today. Is there enough thankfulness and gratitude to go around that you could invite someone to participate in Thanksgiving with you? Or is there just enough going on in your life, just you can barely have enough for yourself where gratitude and thankfulness are concerned? You see, Thursday, we will all sit around a table somewhere. In the United States, we'll be eating something. I realize we're in difficult financial times. But I think all of us won't have to walk 20 miles just to hope to get a couple potatoes at a market someplace and hope we have something that somebody's willing to barter with us on. I want you to think about these tables don't represent the, your, your, your physical abundance or your physical lack. These tables today represent the abundance of your heart, the abundance of your spirit. When you look at them, don't think about what you don't have. Think about what you do have. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. Every say, everybody say, but above all. That means, besides anything else, do this. Ahead of everything else, do this. Beyond everything else. Do this. Above all, these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know what? We've got lots of reason today to kind of be anxious. We've got lots of reason. You know what we need to do sometimes? Turn off the media some days. I'd encourage you this week, maybe it'd be a good thing to do as you approach Thanksgiving, just to put up, to fast the television, fast the radio, and get your spirit geared up for a celebration of Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Turn off the news, stop listening to the stuff, and really think about what God's given you. Really think about what God's done for you, and don't allow the negativity of things out there to destroy your peace. 
Let the peace of God rule in your heart. That's a decision to which you are also called in one body. And he says these next words, and be thankful. Let the teaching, I mean, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Listen to this next word. And whatever you do, remember we talked about acts of gratitude a minute ago? It was up on the screen, an act of gratitude. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know what? We could pull this passage of scripture apart. There's several things I see on there. He's saying there's an order of things. Above everything else, do what I'm about to tell you to do. Beyond anything else you do over this next week as you approach Thanksgiving, do these next things. Do these next things. He says these three things walk hand in hand with gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Number one, he says love. You know what? I found out when people are ungrateful, they have a hard time loving. When people think they have reason to be dissatisfied or discontented or things just aren't what they, they have a hard time expressing any kind of gratitude, any kind of love, any kind of expression of affection to anybody else. You know that? Is that true? You know how it is. <laughs> I might get myself in trouble. I may not, maybe not do that. You know how it is when your spouse thinks they've got reason to be discontented with you. Huh? Am I telling the truth? I'm meddling. <laughs> Let's just get down where we live, all right? When you're, when you, when, is, it, is it easy for them to express love towards you? Let's flip it around. Is it easy for you to express love towards them when you're frustrated or aggravated or you think, Oh, I just wish he'd pick up his socks. Huh? How about this one, ladies? Why can't he put the seat down? <laughs> Patrick says, because we put it up. It floats both ways. I don't know if anybody knows that. It moves. Anyway, now I'm really meddling, right? There's hinges on that thing. Huh? I know a couple of times in the, middle of my, in the middle of the night, my wife has a hard time at times walking into the bathroom in the dark and being grateful for having me there. You know what I'm saying. Huh? And I hear the words of gratitude coming from the bathroom. Ah! Am I telling the truth? Husbands, have you heard that grunt from the bathroom in the middle of the night? Anybody, come on, everybody tell me the truth. Wives, how many times have you made that grunt in the middle of the night? See, when, we, when, we have, when, we're, when there's a cause where we've not walked in love towards one another for some reason or the other, it's hard to be grateful for that person. You know what I mean? And Paul says here, put on love, which is the bond of peace. Is that what it says? 
I'm behind, aren't I? You guys are like, where's he going? Love. Love's the first thing. Love is important because it comes with two things. I don't know if you caught that. I had no idea they're going to put that slide up there, put those words up. I had no idea. I walked in here a few minutes before most of you did. And those, those words were on the screen, that scripture verse. And Thomas will go to that next, that next slide with bearing with one another, forgiving one another, being thankful. I had no idea that was going on, honestly. That was completely, that was fresh to me just as I walked in here. And I was just completely like, wow. We had, we had no idea. And honestly, and we need to walk in love. Some of, so I think sometimes when we don't walk in love, when we're not being grateful, love comes hard. Maybe right now there's somebody in your life you're particularly having a struggle with. And you're frustrated and you're aggravated. And right now the thought of going to Thanksgiving dinner with them is like, oh, crud. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and the church said, amen. Um, you know what? Put on love today, before Thursday gets here. Put on love. Put on forgiveness. Put on kindness. Put on grace. Giving somebody something they don't deserve. And be thankful that they're in your life. You know what? If we walk... In brotherly kindness. And you know, he's talking to the church here. Did you know that? He, right at this point, he's not talking about everybody else out there somewhere. He's talking to brothers and sisters who exist in the body of Christ. He says, listen, put on love, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and get on with life. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. There's a lot of stuff floating around. You know what? We've got to walk in forgiveness. We have got to walk in brotherly kindness. I'm kind of wound up. We have got to be thankful and we've got to walk in peace and we've got to let the peace of God rule in our hearts and rule in our minds and let all the trash fall off to the side. Mm. You know what this does? This draws us close together. This pulls us together. When we decide to put on love, when we decide to walk in forgiveness, when we decide to be thankful, when we decide to let the peace of God, you know what happens? A natural thing sort of happens. The people who have light faith, we go, and it's just like it, it creates an attitude of love. We ought to be great. You know what? You're able to look at the person sitting in the pew next to you and go, you know what? I'm glad you're here. I'm thankful for you. I'm glad we're in this race and this fight together. You ought to be able to do that. And if you can't, today's the day to get that dealt with. You ought to be able to look three pews in front of you and three pews behind you and to the other side of the church and go, you know what? I am so glad they're here. I am so glad they're a part of us. I am so glad we get to walk out this thing called Christianity together. Man, and be grateful and to be thankful. You know, another thing it does, it tells us to do is, there's two other things that, that walk hand in hand with an attitude of gratitude. Praise of God and hunger for his word. He says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. If you're going to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, there's a hunger for the word of God. He says, teaching and admonishing one another, again, pulling each other together in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. 
singing, look at this next word, with grace. Need I remind you that the word of God, the gospel that we hold so dear to, is a gospel of grace? And if we have nothing, listen to me, people, if we have nothing else to be thankful for this morning, we can be thankful for the grace of God that is shed in our hearts. That he holds not our sin against us, that he has given us heaven as our home, something we don't deserve. If we have nothing else, I don't know what's happened in all of your lives this year, this week, this Maybe this morning before you got to church, something went crazy, and you're thinking, I don't even know. <laughs> and life just seems like it's creeping in on you. You know what? You still have the grace of God, and you have something there to be grateful for. When we have an attitude of gratitude, we will have a hunger for the word of God. We will praise God with all of our hearts and we'll look forward to coming together with the rest of the church and honoring and worshiping him. It will be something that will, and you know what? And in that, that will draw us all closer to him. You know what? There's room at this table for other people. If I could have, I'd have got one of those big things like you would have seen at Thomas Worthington's mansion at Bethadena. Big, long Chairs and candelabra, and if I could have, I'd have had a turkey sitting here this morning and filled the whole place up with that aroma and mashed potatoes and stuffing, and I would have done all of it. I was trying to find a way we could buy some and pipe it, pipe, pipe some scent and pipe it through the stinking air conditioning system. So everybody could look, ooh, it's Thanksgiving around here. Ah, but you know what? This is just a representation. There's room for us to worship Christ together. There's room for us to be together as a family. There's room for us to dwell on the word of God, that sure, that sure foundation, that strong tower. There's room for all of us to do that. The other thing he says, look at, look at the last part of Colossians chapter 3. He says, and whatever you do in word or in deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. You know what I made a correlation there? Something that shows thanks is Christ-like actions. Whatever you do in word and deed, that is an act of gratitude when you do it in the name of Christ Jesus with thankfulness. If you want to show that you're thankful to the Lord, you know what you need to do? You need to act like he would want you to act. It's not, it's not important just to say, oh, God, thanks. You know, here's what's, here, and somehow this is what's going to happen on, Sunday, on, on Thursday. Lord, thank you for everything you've done for us. We bless you for this food. Amen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and we're going to give God some lip service. But the rest of the day is going to be about football. Am I telling the truth? I'm meddling again, aren't I? Do you love me anyway? Huh? Am I telling the truth? I don't know if you can see. See, there's crumbs here. That's oftentimes what we give, what, what we give, give God. We set aside a, a whole day. Our nation has set aside a, a holiday to give thanks. And we give God crumbs. And then we spend the rest of the day rooting for the cowboys. Sorry, William. Rooting for uh, 
the Lions, I hope there's no Lions fans in here, uh, rooting for whoever else is playing that day. And we just briefly give God about three minutes of a prayer on Thursday afternoon and get on with life. Am I right? You know what God wants more than he wants our, our lip service? He wants our actions. You know what I like about these tables? There's room. There's room. This table here, there's room. This table here, there's us four and no more. Not even us four, us two. And I can't think of anything to rhyme with that. And there's just us. But here, I could almost get my family around this table. Um, almost. I would have one extra spot because I need a high chair, so that would be great. <laughs> there's room here. This week of Thanksgiving, don't just tell God you're grateful. Show God you're grateful by inviting somebody to enjoy Thanksgiving with you. You know there's lonely people around you every day? Do you know that? Do you know that there's, I was, I, I, I've been thinking all, all, all day, there's, there's a passage in Scripture that says that God sets the solitary in families. You know what? Your family will be joining together on Thursday. How about inviting somebody who wouldn't normally be a part of your family to join your family celebration? Would that be cool? That would, be, that would really be showing Jesus an attitude of gratitude because the Bible says when you do it to the least, you do it to him. And so that would be, Jesus, come sit at our table, please. We would love for you to be there. When we reach out to the needy, when we reach out to the hurting, when we reach out to the lonely, when we reach out to the lost, when we reach out, that's truly being grateful for what God's done for us. It, it, it is the fact that God saved us that compels us to go help other people, is it not? I feel pretty wound up. I'm sweating. Is it hot in here? Is it not? Think about it for just a second. There should be room at your table. All we're having is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't care. Share the whole loaf of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with someone. You hear what I'm saying? All we've got is, you know, a little of those little turkey roasts. We don't have a big turkey. I don't care. We, my, my wife and I, we, we were in a video and watched with, with our daughters on Thursday. And... I'm not much, this is not my style of, you know, movies that I would like pick off the shelf, you know, and go home and watch. But my daughters are into those American Girl things, you know what I mean? Those, those, have you seen those, the books, the movies, that thing? And that, that newest one, that Kit Kittredge, I don't know if you've seen it. it. It takes place during the Great Depression. And it just seems so fitting, I didn't even have any idea. And it builds, and the storyline builds up from summer to Thanksgiving. Unbelievable. I didn't have any idea when we, when we rented the movie. You know? I had no idea. We're watching. And when times got tough in this movie, there were people who came together and made life happen. At one point, they go to this, to this place where the hobos are living. You know what the hobos were doing? Whatever they could go scavenge around town, they would come back to, 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 to the camp and they would all throw whatever they found into a big pot and they would eat it together and they were grateful for what they had. And I sat there at one point, my wife and I cried several times during the movie. I had no idea. I just, this was a movie a girl wanted to see. We thought we'd just do something as a family and I'd get on, you know. Okay, let's go on something else. And that's kind of what I thought would happen, you know what I mean? And here I am in, in this movie and I'm watching 
something that at this point in my life is hitting very close to home. You know, all the talk of recession, depression, are we, aren't we? And all of a sudden I find, you know, here are these people sharing with one another and opening up their home and eating. It was awesome. You know what? We've got to, there's got to be room at our table. There's got to be. As Christians, there has to be room at our table. At the table of our heart, there's got to be room. Right now, I'll bet some of you can think of somebody at work or somebody in your neighborhood or a family member or something that just needs something extra this year for Thanksgiving. I bet you. I bet you right here, you guys probably know somebody who's just like, you know, they may not need a meal, but they sure could use some friendship. They have my friendship, but they sure could use a meal. You know what I mean? Today is a day you need to make a decision. What are you going to do with the gratitude that you have towards the Lord? Are you just going to huddle around the table with your family, or are you going to invite somebody else to participate with you? He says, and whatever you do in word and deed, do it all in the, name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. In other words, the giving of thanks and the actions go hand in hand. It is giving thanks to, do the right, to have the right actions, to do the right thing. It's out of an attitude of gratitude, out of a heart of thanksgiving, that you're able to do the right thing. You know what, we, we've, we, 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 we try to make it so, we try to make ministry so spiritual. And it is a spiritual thing, but you know what? A lot about ministry is real practical. And the practical things open the door for the more spiritual things to take place. As a part of Church Triumphant, I don't know, the, the, the thing was up there earlier. You know, the thing that says, win disciples send. How are you going to win somebody's heart if you don't show them Christ-likeness? If you don't do to, to them what Jesus would do to them? If you don't invite them to sit at your table like Jesus would invite them to sit at his table? How are you going to win them? And then if you can't win them, how can you disciple them? If you can't disciple them, how can you send them back out to go win somebody else? You can't. You get me? God's a good God. He's given us so much. He has. Thankfulness and good works go together. I get this thing to work, maybe. You can help me, Thomas, if you want to. I don't know. There we go. Thankfulness and good works go together. Hebrews 13, 14 says this. For we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. What did Thomas Worthington say as he was thinking about giving thanks to the Lord? He said, this world and its charms have no effect on me. This is not my home. And if if that can't give you a gratitude of gratitude, I don't know what can. Because it makes no difference what the stock exchange does. The economy in heaven is fine, and that's where our citizenship is. He said, "We, we don't have a continuing city. We're looking for the one to come. Well, I'm grateful that there's one to come that's sure, that's stable. The Bible says we've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let the economy do this day after day after day. The kingdom of God's like this. Sure and stable. 
going no place. He says, we're seeking a continuing city. We have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Therefore, by him, Christ Jesus, the big capital H there, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You get that? Now check this out. He goes right from talking about giving thanks with our lips to our actions. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. He says, listen, it's great to give thanks with your lips. We're going to do that again here in a minute to close out the service. We're going to have opportunity for ministry and do some other things. And God wants that part of our, of our fellowship with him. He wants praise and worship and thanksgiving from our lips. But he wants much more than that. He says, and do good and share with these sacrifices, plural, all three of them, God is well pleased. And I'm spitting bad. I'm sorry. Sorry, Sherry, I didn't mean to do that. I, saw... I want to read you something. You want to talk about a fruit of, fruit of your lips? I got this email this week. My, actually, my wife got it. I want to read it to you. So maybe it'll give you some perspective about where you are. This is from a family who's in our homeschool group. Some of you may know Joellen Keaton. Her husband was a pastor in the area for, for a number of years. She's struggled with one physical battle after another, after another. They've got three kids, Joshua, Caleb, and Faith. And right now, she has a tumor on her brain that's pushing against the, the backside of her eye and literally forcing her eye out of its socket. And they're great Christian people. And they had to go to Cleveland Clinic uh, recently. And this, we got this email on Wednesday. Listen to these words. I pray this note finds you all well and living for Christ in all you say and do. Exclamation point. First of all, I'd like to thank all of you wonderful people who, who took time to pray fast, send notes, food, and anything else. You are also, also amazing. God is so pleased with your devotion to him and your unselfish service to others. We went to Cleveland Monday morning to prepare for the appointment on Tuesday morning. The doctor was so very helpful, thorough, and patient. He spent over an hour poring over my numerous MRIs, my CT scans, and assorted reports, and data from the past 10 years. He then walked Tim and I through the most recent MRI film and patiently explained in terms we could understand all about the tumor and its location. The doctor's feelings are that the tumor is in such a dangerous place to remove any more could possibly be life-threatening since it's so close to the, car the, the carotid artery and the pituitary gland. So surgery is a possibility, but they probably only do it only to, to remove some, some bone tissue to relieve the pressure off of her eye because she has continual pain and stuff like that. The second option is this. More favored by a doctor is radiation to try and stop any further growth of the tumor. This could possibly help, could possibly, she puts in, in big capital letters, help with some of the extreme eye pains and pressure. But due to the tumor cells being so close to the carotid artery and the pituitary gland, the risks are higher of complications and problems. As of this moment, I want to do nothing and continue to pray for God to give me a total healing or give me extra strength during the severe eye and head pains. My family is praying God's will and his direction for us to make the right decision. And she puts in big capital letters, his will, exclamation point, exclamation point. Please continue to hold us in your prayers. Now, listen to these. now, now here's, where, here's where it turns. We've talked about the condition she's in. We've talked about where it's at. And now listen to these next words. God has blessed us so much in our lives. Exclamation point. Capital letters. He is so amazing. 
Our trip to Cleveland was such a blessing. Did you hear what she just said? The trip to Cleveland was? Did you, did you catch? The doctors say, basically, we'll do what we can. And she turns around and goes, our trip to Cleveland was such a blessing. How many of us would have that kind of response? And proof of how much he loves his people and wants to bless them. Let me just tell you a few, she says. And she lists, makes a numerated list. Someone blessed us with a free night and a suite at a five-star fancy hotel, which included snacks and in the evening and a huge made-to-order breakfast. Wow, that's number one. Number two, we were blessed with almost, a, with almost all, with, with almost a full tank of gas for free. Exclamation point. Someone took care of our precious little dachshund, Buddy, for free. Two, our precious two cats, Squeaks and Shadow, did not eat face precious rabbit, Peter, while, while we were gone. We received wonderful directions, and we hardly, capital letters, got lost more than a few times. It snowed, several exclamation points. I and my children love snow. Tim does not. I'm in Tim's camp. He did not count himself blessed on this one. His loss, she says. She loves Mustangs, the car. I saw 26 Mustangs, at least, every one, uh, at least one every time we got into the van, exclamation point. I love Mustangs, especially scarlet ones. She's a big Buckeye fan, too. Actually, the, the, the stationery that she sent the email on was a, foot, was a big football-like thing. Sorry, Michigan fans. I'm trying to help you find something to be grateful for. Um, <laughs> be thankful the score wasn't... Never mind. Um, we did not run out of money before we got home is number eight. Number nine, even though it was 13 degrees, blowing ice and snow, we were able to spend a few minutes at Lake Erie. Our family loves Lake Erie. And spending even a few minutes there is to us a big blessing. Every time we are in the van, number 10, we talked and laughed and shared and laughed and remembered and laughed, and then we laughed some more. We grew even closer and learned even more about each other. God is so great. Almost everything we needed or the places we ate, we found those things on sale or found coupons for our meals. She goes, rock my socks off. Cool. I could go on and on, she says, but the point is, God is so awesome and really loves to bless his people. Sometimes we have to find the blessing by giving him the glory for all things, but other times the blessing is so obvious. That give you a little different perspective and maybe some things you should be grateful for? Maybe life's not exactly like it ought to be for you. But the, she, she, she chose to give the fruit of her lips, giving thanks to God, not for what she didn't have or what was going wrong, but for everything God was doing that was right. You know, life's going to throw stuff at you. It's going to throw turmoil at you. But you know what? That does not change the fact that God is still good. And he's good all the time. Am I right? And he's already done a ton of things. For us, he will never cease to do great things for us. And as long as we keep the right heart and the right attitude, he will get us through every trial, every problem, every situation to his glory. He absolutely will. So, 
Gratefulness and correct acts work together. You know what? Generosity generates thanksgiving. Generosity generates thanksgiving. When you get outside the realm of what's going on in your life and you begin to do something in the life of other people, you, you being generous creates thankfulness on your, on your part. Not only does that happen because you get a privilege, you get the honor of serving Christ in that capacity and serving other people, suddenly it creates like this dynamo effect where it starts to spin and other people start to give thanks. And then they start to give thanks by doing the right acts and then they start other people get a chance. And it starts spinning. Have you ever seen that commercial? There's a commercial. I wish I had a, could have got it on YouTube or something. I didn't even think about it until just now. I've run over my mind. Where uh, uh, somebody's walking down the road, and they see somebody do a good act to somebody else. And then they turn around, and they do a good act. And they do a good act. And it, it, the cycle starts to spin. And next thing you know, the entire town in this commercial is doing great things for one another creating an at, a change of atmosphere. Think about this for a second. Generosity generates thanksgiving. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 11 through 15. Apostle Paul writes, Yes, you will be enriched. Did you hear that emphatic? Yes. Well, I'm not enriched right now. Paul says, Yes, you will be enriched. So that you can give even more generously. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will break out in thanksgiving to God. I'd just like to have a thanksgiving breakout. Huh? I think here in just a few minutes, we're going to have one in here. We're going to worship God like he deserves it. And we're going to ask his spirit to empower us. So we're not just giving him lip service. We go outside those doors. And you know what we'll do? We'll give, we'll give other people cause to give him thanksgiving as well. And we'll help change their life. We're going to have a breakout of thanksgiving just in a minute. But I ain't quite done yet. So two good things will happen, the apostle writes. The needs of the Christian Jerusalem will be met. And they will joyfully express their thanksgiving to God. You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts. For, you gener for your generosity to them will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Did you catch that? The fact that out of gratitude you do good things proves that you're being obedient to Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the wonderful grace of God shown through you. Look at this next line. This is the whole ball of wax right here. Thank God for his son. The ultimate cause for thanksgiving is that right there. For his son. A gift too wonderful for words. Too wonderful. Listen, if you're in this building right now and you don't know Christ, he is a gift. He himself is a gift too awesome for words. The words that I would offer you about him could do no justice. He loves to the nth degree. His grace is abounding. His care for his people is all surpassing. His ability to reach down and help you where you are is unbelievable. And he will do great things in your life. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Listen, he is everything. We are nothing. He is everything. You know what? I'm going to ask you a question. You know what? Let's talk about generosity. Listen to me real quick. I almost forgot to say this. 
You talk about do an act of kindness. One of the things in Matthew 25 Jesus said was, he said, when I was in prison, you came to visit me. Every year we participate in a ministry called Angel Tree at Christmas time. You want to you show some attitude of gratitude after you've lived through your Thanksgiving week this week? Next Sunday, Brownie and Nancy and a couple other people will be in this, before, after each service, they'll be in the, in the cafe. They'll give you this little angel thing. It'll have a name of a child on it. It'll have what they need for Christmas, sizes and things of that nature. You know what? You can provide Christmas gifts for the child of a person who's incarcerated. You can do a Jesus kind of ministry, make a visitation happen in the life of somebody who's in prison, and thereby show your gratitude. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to do that? Next Sunday, they'll be there. You have an extra 30 bucks you could possibly spend, maybe? Maybe you don't have an extra 30 bucks. Maybe you've only got 10, but maybe you and two of your friends can get together and say, you know what, we can make Christmas happen for this child who, who needs to know the love of Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's an awesome opportunity. At Christmas time, to show the love of Christ, the whole message of the season. I know people get amped up about calling them holidays, you know, happy holiday. And there's a whole campaign to squelch Jesus out of, out of Christmas and all that sort of thing. But you know what holidays mean? Holidays mean holy days. And the thing that makes something holy is it's set apart for a divine purpose. It would be great for your Thanksgiving and your Christmas to be set aside for a divine purpose. By reaching out to other people, that would make it a holy day, not just another day. You get what I mean? Let me ask you a question. Are you thankful? Is your life thankful? Are you thankful? Think for just a second. I mean, down deep inside, are you just celebrating Thanksgiving because it's coming up? Or inside of you, is there a natural propensity towards Thanksgiving? If so, think about this for a minute. Why? Begin right now in your mind to think about everything you've got to be thankful for. Begin in your heart right now to begin to think about everything that God's done for you. And as you're doing that, I want to ask the worship team to come back up here. As you're thinking about those things, what are you thankful for? Right now in your mind, name off five things you can be thankful for. Right now in your mind, think about something God's done for you. Right now in your mind, begin to Think about where your life could have been, where it's not, where it was, and where it is now. Are you thankful? What will you do with your thankfulness? Are you so full of thanks right now, you want to splash it on everybody else? I hope so. I hope this, this week at work, you are so full of thankfulness, it just gets on everybody around you. I hope going out to the mailbox to, to get your mail and the neighbors out there in the yard, that it just gets off, on, off of you and on them. I hope when that family member shows up to your Thanksgiving dinner and they got this look on their face, you go, I am so thankful. And you give them the biggest hug. 
you say, you know what? We got a lot to be thankful for. And all of a sudden, that attitude of gratitude transfers from you to them. And by the end of the day, they're walking around. Oh, man, life is so good. What are you going to do with your thankfulness? Or are you going to choose to be thankless by not acting like Christ? Those are the questions I want to ask you today. See, God wants much more than just our lip service. He wants our hearts and he wants our lives. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not a portion of a service that we participate in. It's how we live every day that we exist. It's how we con- conduct ourselves in the marketplace. It's how we convey the grace and the goodness of God. This is, this is just a catapult. All this should be, I watched yesterday as the Buckeye game ended and the Penn State game took off. They, they showed a picture of, of Job Paterno in a pep rally. And he got choked up. He said, I'm not alone in this. Tears well up in his eyes. He said, this pep rally before the big game against Michigan State, hoping, hoping that would propel them into the Rose Bowl. And he got choked up. You know what this should be? This should not really just be a portion of our, I mean, this is going to be a portion of our worship. The totality of our worship should exist in how we live outside here. This should merely be a pep rally. That says, you know what? We are not alone in this. Our God is good. There's other people who are serving him like I am. And you come in this place and God charges you up and you go back out that door and you take what he's given to you and you spread it everywhere, everywhere that you go. Stand with me. I want you to think about something as we worship. I want you to make a commitment today. That you're going to be thankful, not just with your lips, but with your actions. I want you to make a commitment today. You know, I, I felt like this morning in prayer meeting, and I could be all wet and wrong, and, 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 but I have a feeling that sometime recently in the last week or so as you've planned your Thanksgiving get-together, I think some of you, even before this message started, at least one of you possibly, had a desire to invite a family member to your Thanksgiving get-together. And something about them makes you not want to do it. I just kind of saw that there was an addiction issue that you never know how they're going to show up and how they're going to act and how they're going to respond. Yet, in the, and, 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 and because of that, it, it, it instills fear and worry and concern about how the day is going to go. But you know, a couple of days ago, God dropped something in your heart to make sure that family member gets to your house. Let me encourage you, today, make that phone call. Get uncle so-and-so there to your house for Thanksgiving. And you share the love and the power and the strength of Jesus with them. And you show them everything you've got to be thankful for. Not because you're being proud or boastful, but because you are so humbled that God would choose to use you like that. And he would bless your life the way he has. And And it becomes a revolutionary thing in his life. Make a commitment today as you worship Jesus to be thankful we're going to take an offering in a little while. I'll let you know that we're in the middle of, like, like we've done, in, we're going to take an offering, proving your, your generosity and your gratitude. We're going to do it here in a little bit. But you know what? What we want to do is we want to offer up thanksgiving to God first. We want to do it with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our strength. So let's go, Patrick.